Welcome to Travels with Alicia. In this second episode of Lower Manhattan, I'll share the best things to do on the west side. We're going to move along the Hudson River. So we'll start in Tribeca, which is above the World Trade Center area. And we talked about this in the first episode. Then we'll move above Tribeca to the West Village and then all the way up to the Meatpacking District. Then we'll move inland to Greenwich Village. That's the area close to where NYU is. And then we'll end up in Soho. Let's start with Tribeca. Tribeca means Triangle Below Canal Street. This area began as farmland in the 1800s and then became a major textile center. And it was also a big freight receiving area. Today, it's one of the most expensive neighborhoods in Manhattan. Tons of famous people live there. People like Jake Gyllenhaal, Justin Timberlake, Harry Styles, Meg Ryan. These are just a few of the people that live in this area or have recently lived here. They have beautiful old industrial buildings. And these buildings have been turned into homes and they're just gorgeous. If you can't afford to have a house there, next best thing is to find a hotel. And the best hotel in this area is the Roxy. It's named after a 1920s movie theater. It's a fun, trendy place to be in the center of it all. This area is also known for the Tribeca Film Festival, which was started by Robert De Niro after 9-11 to bring hope back to Lower Manhattan. The film festival is in June each year, and people submit their films in February. Right here at this area is also where the New York Film School started. It now moved to 17 Battery Place, but this is a wonderful film school for acting and movie production, sound, stage. If you're interested in this, or you have an older teen that's interested in this, they have wonderful courses. Some of them are short, some of them are a couple weeks to a couple months, but they also have great connections. So if this is somewhere that you'd be interested in going or you know someone, I highly recommend it. My son actually did attend this. He took a music video workshop there. He made tons of friends. Some of them he's still friends with to this day. He really enjoyed having that time in New York City. New York Film School, keep that in mind for those of you that are interested. Let me point out some um, hidden gems. The Eight Hook and Ladder Company, which is the fire station used in Ghostbusters. There's also a great bookstore. It's called the Mysterious Bookshop. It mainly sells crime books, thrillers, and horror stories. So that's a great place to find. There's, there's a poster museum. So that's something that a lot of people really enjoy. Let me touch on the piers. I told you it was a freight receiving area, and these piers were used to bring in lots of commercial textiles in the day. Now the piers 25 and 26 have been turned into entertainment areas. Pier 25 has playgrounds, golf courses, mini golf, things like that on it for people to enjoy. Pier 26 is kind of for the older crowd. They have City Vineyard and they have great wines and views. And these piers have become really important extensions to the Tribeca area. There's a couple great places to eat that I want to mention. One is the Tribeca Grill, and that's owned by Robert De Niro. Another one is Grand Banks. It's actually a ship on the Hudson River, and they have great seafood drinks and views. That's a special place to go. I'm going to call out one bar. It's called the Brandy Library, and they have so many high-end brandies. So if you really like this, look at this place up and go to the Brandy Library. It has a library feel. And then it's a cocktail bar all at the same time. 
Tribeca is a wonderful place. It's worth visiting. Definitely check out the piers and the things to do in that area. Why don't we move ahead and go a little bit north to the West Village? This area is mainly residential. There's restaurants, cafes, and bars all around. I would say head over to Perry Street because that's the house that was in Sex in the City, and that's where Carrie Bradshaw's apartment was. And the interesting fun fact is Carrie uh, Bradshaw, or Sarah Jessica Parker, actually lived one block away on Charles Street while this series was being filmed. So she actually lived right in the area. You can also look and find the Friends apartment building, which is at Bedford and Grove Street. And you'll, you'll be able to find it because you'll see that's where all the tourists are all gathering. Another really important thing in the West Village is um, the Hudson River Park. It's the second largest park in Manhattan. And if you're walking along the promenade, the best place to stop is the Drift Inn. This is a wonderful seafood place that has oysters and lobster rolls. And you can have drinks and you can really have great views from there. So I recommend that. This whole area in the West Village is known for vintage shopping. And since it's such a high-end and expensive area, it's wonderful to check out the vintage shops. Hamlet's Vintage and Beacon's Closet are two of them, but there are so many. So go out and enjoy vintage shopping if you're in the West Village. There's tons of comedy places. So Jerry Seinfeld, Amy Schumer, Joan Rivers, Richard Pryor, they all got their start here. And if you go to comedy clubs in this area, you will definitely have a pretty good chance of seeing some famous people because when they're in the area, they always stop back in these places. If we move north, right above West Village, we get to the Meatpacking District. There is so much to do in this small area of Manhattan. Back in the early 1900s, this was home to 250 slaughterhouses and packing plants. By the 1990s, all that had closed down and there was high-end boutiques and restaurants starting to open up. The High Line is my favorite thing to do in this area. It is a park on the second floor. It's a railroad track that was has been turned into a park. You basically get there by walking up two steps. I think a few of the locations do have elevators if you have someone who cannot walk up the steps. But it's a mile and a half and it's railroad tracks that also have you know, landscaping and they have decking around the tracks. So it's a most beautiful walk and there's art on it. There's sometimes craft stands, there's food, a really, really enjoyable place almost all year long. So I highly recommend go for a walk on the High Line. You can catch it there at the Gavin's Fort Market, which is a very local, kind of a small Chelsea's market. It's 27 shops and local restaurants and things, and you can get on the High Line right there. The best hotel in the Meatpacking District is the Standard. It has wonderful restaurants and beer gardens, and it's a gathering place for most people in the area. People meet there. It's the famous place. If you, oh, meet me at the Standard. And then you can go see museums. You can go on the High Line. So keep that in mind. If you're not staying there, definitely stop by. One of the best museums in the area is the Whitney Museum. It's a contemporary art museum that opened in 2015. Another museum that just got rated top 25 museums in the USA is the Ground Zero Museum Workshop. So even though this is not in the 9-11 area, this is the Ground Zero Museum Workshop. It's a hands-on interactive museum, and it's very child-friendly. 
So I think I did mention to you in the earlier episode, the 9-11 Museum can be very emotional, and sometimes it's a little hard and and not as child-friendly. Another thing to check out is Pier 55 if you're in the meatpacking district. This is an amazing park that's been basically built on the Hudson River. It's on 132 tulip-shaped concrete stilts, and these sit out in the water. You can walk out, and it's basically a park, man-made on the river. It's absolutely beautiful. I think it cost $190 million, and it was funded by a donation by the Baumwurstenbergs. So I highly recommend it. It's free, so you can go out and take a walk on that. I want to call out, you know, as I've said, a lot of people really like steakhouses, and there is the Old Homestead Steakhouse, which was opened in 1868, and it's still in the same place It's like a really high-end steakhouse, so for people who are always looking for that, keep that place in mind. So, so far we've covered Tribeca, the West Village, and the Meatpacking District. We're now going to move inland a little bit, and we'll talk about Greenwich Village. So what is Greenwich Village known for? I mean, this is a place that's known for food and nightlife. That's what it's all about. I mean, you're going to either be talking about jazz clubs, you're going to be talking about where you're going to eat. There's a few things to do, but I would say 99% of it, that's where people are going to get something to eat. So the the streets you need to be aware of are Bleecker Street. So Bleecker Street has some of the most famous pizza places. Bleecker Street Pizza or John's of Bleecker Street. There's a lot of competition, but both are fantastic. Also, McDougal Street. That's another famous street that has lots of restaurants on it. The Mermaid Oysters there for people who love oysters and Artichoke Pizza. So I have no idea what is in it, but it's artichokes with some kind of cream sauce, and people go crazy for it. If you like artichokes, you've got to go to Artichoke Pizza and try this pizza. They have uh, one of the only Georgian food restaurants in all of New York. It's called Old Tbilisi Garden, and Georgia, which is in Eastern Europe, has become really popular over the last couple of years. It's one of the most traveled to countries. People are working remotely from Georgia. And so this has like spurred a lot of popularity to Georgian food. And this restaurant has become very, very famous in Greenwich Village. This is the area of the world's only LGBTQ plus art museum. It's called the Leslie Lohman Museum of Art. It was founded in the 60s, but it actually became a museum in 2016. So if you're interested in that, definitely check it out. Where can we go next? If we're in Greenwich Village, let's go over to Washington Square Park. This was built in 1892, and it was built for George Washington's 100th anniversary of his inauguration. There's a beautiful arch in this park. It's 73 feet tall, modeled after the arch in Paris. This acre, this park is a little under 10 acres with a large central fountain. It's a very hip crowd. There's usually musicians and a lot of things going on, and it's right there near NYU. And so if you happen to have teenagers, I recommend touring NYU. Go for a campus tour. There's not a campus, so you're basically, their campus is New York City, so you get to walk around, you know, the buildings where the kids go to school and get to see what's going on. Check out the bookstore. It's always great to get NYU sweatshirts and T-shirts and things like that. I want to end this on talking a little bit about Soho. 
Soho is close to this whole area, and there's a lot of young people because of NYU. This is a great area for shopping on Broadway from Canal to Houston Street. That's where a lot of the younger brands have stores, but there's also a lot of little boutiques. This is a great place to go shopping for things that might be a little less expensive than if you're on the Upper East Side or you're on Fifth Avenue or things like that. And it's a real great blast to go in all these places. I can tell you in the heyday, you know, before COVID, the Abercrombie building would have like all the models, you know, there. They would have DJs playing. There was always something fun and exciting going on. Lastly, I'll call out the Museum of Ice Cream. This is fun for all ages, but it's definitely geared towards younger kids. And this is on 558 Broadway. It's three floors with 13 interactive displays. One of the displays is, I think, instead of a ball pit, it's like sprinkles that you put on ice cream. It's a sprinkle pit. So it's a really fun place. You get to try, I think, like four or five ice creams. It would be fun for all ages. It's very uh, photo-friendly. So there's a lot of fun things to do in this area. Thanks for listening. Join me on the next episode where we'll cover the final neighborhoods in Lower Manhattan, such as Chinatown, Little Italy, and the Lower East Side.